Welcome to The Buzz, I'm Christopher Conover. On today's show, we take a closer look at standardized testing in Arizona's public schools. What I've heard very clearly is we want to reduce testing time for teachers and students. We want our tests to be meaningful, fair, unbiased, and we need to have stability. We speak with Arizona's Superintendent of Public Instruction, the heads of two Southern Arizona school districts, and an education advocacy group. In 2016, Arizona decided to let school districts choose from a menu of state assessment tests rather than rely solely on AZ merit. Two weeks ago, the U.S. Department of Education told the state that decision, along with what they deemed to be insufficient metrics for those alternative tests, has put it out of compliance with national standardized testing requirements. If the state fails to fix the situation, it could be at risk of losing funds targeted to serve low-income students. Arizona Superintendent of Public Instruction and former teacher Kathy Hoffman says her department is working to address those issues. For statewide testing, it's important for any educator to know what the test will be so they can best prepare their students. And of course, we want our tests to be aligned to our state standards because that's what our teachers are teaching. The state law was allowing this menu of tests to go into place for high school students this year and then third through eighth graders next academic year, the 2020 academic year. But the federal government uh, has denied our waiver, uh, citing the Every Student Succeeds Act. Uh, what happens now? Well, first, let me emphasize that for this testing uh, season or this this spring testing nothing changes. So I want to make that perfectly clear that no one should be panicking about what tests are being given this year. The schools are already prepared. They're already giving the tests. So nothing is changing for this school year, which is really important to emphasize. For next year, there's still a lot of moving pieces to to get everything into place that needs to be in place. For grades three through eight, what this letter means is that we may not give a menu of assessments to grades three through eight, which means that we need to renew the AZ merit for at least one up to two years. And then we will be phasing out the AZ merit and transitioning into a new test. And a lot of those decisions, they lie with the Board of Education. And I do serve on the Board of Education as, as a voting member, so I can't speak for the board, but my prediction is that we are moving in a direction of renewing the AZ merit for grades three through eight for next year. At the high school level, it, it could look different, and we have a lot of decisions to make, and these are going to be board decisions as well. We could offer some different tests. So, we have, of course, teachers are uh, most interested in the SAT and the ACT are the most popular choices, and some districts have already been moving in that direction, and our, for example, TUSD is administering the ACT, but the federal regulations also say that we need to give a statewide test to all high school students at least one time during their high school years. So what that could look like is we could have a state test like the AZ Merit that's uh, aligned to our standards given in ninth grade to all students. And then in 11th grade, we could still have a menu where districts could choose SAT or ACT, and we could allow that flexibility at the high school level. One of the complaints that the federal government had, especially with the SAT and the ACT, was the state hadn't set achievement standards. So are those appropriate tests, do you think, for, for districts, for schools to use as an assessment? It can depend. So 
Um, so it's, that's correct that those tests are not currently aligned to our standards. Other states like Oklahoma have already gone through the process of getting the SAT and ACT approved by the federal government to give those tests, and they did modify their standards to be more aligned with the SAT and ACT. One of the other concerns that we hadn't resolved yet before moving in this direction was how are we going to make sure that our students in special education or our English language learning students were going to have the appropriate modifications and accommodations for these tests. There were a lot of concerns about the, the results and reporting of the SAT and ACT for those students. And, and also, are those tests really fair to give to all students as a as a statewide measure of, of accountability because some students can take the SAT multiple times, for example. So is it really fair to use that as a, as a school measurement system? Is this a tough one for you because this started in 2016 with a new law? 2018, there were some deadlines that had to get hit. The waiver now, you just came into office in January. This Is this your fight or is this a leftover fight from the previous administration? I would say this is a bit of a cleanup, but as soon as I learned all of the different pieces of it, I realized this actually needed a great deal of my attention and my, my team's energy and work has been incredibly focused on this. We've had countless meetings. We've been bringing in different stakeholders to talk about what this means. So, so we were not caught off guard by the letter from the Federal Department of Education because we have actually been expecting something like this. We were waiting to see what how they would respond to the waiver. And we've been planning for this and planning that they might deny our waiver. So um, I think it's great that when I wrote the letter to to the field that we made public um, with the, the letter from the feds, uh, the Board of Education co-signed the letter with me. The president, President Narducci from the Board of Education co-signed it with me because we've already been collaborating on this issue and, and talking about what are we going to do? What's the path forward? And for me, the biggest priority is to maintain stability in the field because um, teachers have felt that we keep changing tests. We went from AIMS to AZ Merit, and now then the menu was being rolled out. And teachers just need to know what's the plan what, and to not change so quickly from year to year to year without having a stable plan in place. We're talking with Kathy Hoffman, the Arizona Superintendent of Public Instruction. You mentioned AIMS and AZ Merit and the menu and teachers' frustration with the constant changes, yet here we are, okay, we may keep AZ Merit for another year or two years, but then there will be something new. Does there come a point where teachers just throw up their hands because you were in the classroom and say, we're tired of all this testing, that's it, we're done? Well, I hope that that's not the case because we do need to have a strong accountability system to, as a, as a thermometer check, are kids learning, are these, are schools doing what they should be doing. It's a, it's a systems check. The statewide testing is not meant to drive a lot of changes in instruction. Um, I hope that districts have their own benchmark testing or even, um, you know, or even unit testing. Like that's meant to help teachers determine how their individual students are doing. The statewide test is to for us to measure how are we doing as a state? Where are the areas where we need improvement or need extra resources? And, and then for our department to then utilize our school improvement and our, our grant money to help those areas where we're struggling. The letter from the federal government was long. I believe it was four pages, single-spaced. Uh, they, they had a lot to say. 
and some of it was not uh, the most positive. They, they said they've put Arizona in a high-risk status because of a lack of communication from the Arizona Department of Education, and they want some answers by the end of May. So what's the department doing to get Arizona out of that high-risk category and answer the questions that the federal department has by May? Well, the timing also worked out because I happened to be in D.C. this past week. And so I went in person to the Department of Education to communicate to them what our plans are and also receive more clarification to make sure that we understand perfectly what this letter means. And 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 the bottom line is, just to uh, repeat, is that no form of menu will be allowed for grades three through eight. There's There's no pathway forward for grades three through eight. We need to have a single statewide ass- assessment, which for now will be the AZ merit, and then down the road we'll be shifting to a different test. But at the high school level there, that was good to talk with them about what could that look like? What would we need to do to have that type of flexibility? Because we are hearing from the federal government and specifically Secretary DeVos, that they want, they are encouraging us to be innovative and, and th- to give us flexibility, but it's good to know where they're drawing the line as we're making those types of decisions. As Arizona moves forward to come up with a replacement for AZ Merit in the next year or two, will you be looking for a lot of input from teachers, people in the field to say, this is what we need to test more? Definitely. And that's something we already do for the AZ Merit is uh, there's been a lot of teacher input for creating our test bank questions. And that's something we're looking to expand. So currently, Arizona owns 40% of the AZ Merit, and we want to expand that so that it's so that we have more teacher input, more ownership over our statewide testing and those questions. Somebody's going to hear that Arizona owns only 40% of its test. So who owns the rest? <laughs> the, the vendor. So does the vendor write the test essentially? Um, and then the R40% the state writes? Is that how it works? Yeah, well, we test their questions and we get feedback from teachers on the questions. And and I, I do think it would be appropriate for Arizona to own the entire test, and that's the direction we'll be headed. But that doesn't mean we can't use the test questions that we've already developed from the AZ Merit. So there could be parts of it that are in the new assessment. All right. Well, thanks so much for sitting down with us. Thank you. That was Arizona Superintendent of Public Instruction, Kathy Hoffman. This week, we're talking with education leaders across our area about standardized testing and a new federal decision that Arizona is out of compliance with how it administers those tests. Gabriel Trujillo is the superintendent of the Tucson Unified School District, which is one of the few local districts that shifted away from AZ Merit for high school students in favor of the ACT. Trujillo says they made that decision primarily because of the level of interest, urgency, and relevance high school juniors feel towards the ACT. The ACT is not new for us. We have been facilitating the ACT free of charge thanks to a Helios grant for the better part of the last decade. So it really, for us to switch over to the ACT, it really was just like a hand in glove. We were familiar with the exam. We have test protocol procedures in play. And the biggest reasons were for rigor and relevance. Our student body, our juniors, for the better part of a decade, have boasted a significantly higher attendance rate on ACT 
than they have for AZ Merit. And then the last couple of years when we've cross-referenced AZ Merit scores for juniors that have hit the 21, which is basically acing the ACT, and taking those juniors and looking at their AZ Merit scores, we saw a lot of those juniors just either failing to show up to take the AZ Merit or just tanking it and, and not taking it seriously, blowing it off and flunking it because there's not the same relevance attached to AZ Merit. You can walk Tucson Unified, you can go to Sabino, UHS, Tucson High, Saguaro, Choya, Pueblo. It doesn't matter. You can pull an 11th grader and you could say, do you take AZ Merit seriously? And they will say no because I don't have to pass it to graduate or they'll say no because I already have all my credits and I passed my ACT and I'm on my way to the University of Arizona, NAU, or any other D1 university. It's been a struggle to get juniors to take AZ Merit seriously. It's been a drain on campus infrastructure and resources, struggling with those students and families to get them in on makeup day so that we can hit our 95% attendance rate, which is required for AZ Merit. Trujillo says TUSD also has a technology infrastructure challenge that makes administering the AZ Merit more difficult, since schools are no longer allowed to use the paper test. Many schools in his district do not have a one-to-one computer ratio. So in a sense, we have an unfunded directive. You will go all digital. You will use uh, computers only. You will use an online platform okay, that's great, but when Tucson High only has three or four computer labs for 3,200 students, I got a 15-day test window I got to deal with. I've got to interrupt classes and reconfigure school 15 days in a row with alternative schedules. I got to go do that at Saguaro. I got to go do that at Choya. And when you go to the ACT, single-shot test, one day, four-hour test administration, paper-based, it's your junior class, and you're done. The teachers have that time to put back into daily instruction. And that's one of the things that's been popular about the ACT coming back in or, or being our de facto test. Trujillo says he's disappointed by the previous state superintendent of public instruction, Diane Douglas, for not doing sufficient research into the proposed menu of assessments before putting them in place. When the federal government denied Arizona's waiver to use the ACT starting next year as one of the high school assessment exams, federal officials said the state had not put forward how the ACT meets state standards. Trujillo agrees it's not perfect, but it works better for TUSD. The ACT, in terms of how does it meet the requirements and how does it meet uh, college and career readiness standards, they're very, very tightly aligned. It's not a 100% bit. I think when we saw the Board of Education and its consideration of a couple of different frameworks that sought to compare the correlation between students that passed AZ Merit and students that passed ACT, it's probably a, close to a 60% correlation, far from 100 which is what we would want in a comparative analysis. It actually was at 55%. So there's some correlation. It's not perfect. But the perception of the student body that the ACT is the gatekeeper to college and career readiness and access, that's very powerful because it drives an intrinsic motivation in a 17-year-old to show up 
early, get a good night's sleep, get a good meal, and give the test their all. And that's basically, those are those factors that AZ Merit has been unable to deliver. Trujillo says he is a fan of using the AZ Merit test from third through eighth grade. Debbie Penn, the deputy superintendent for the Vail School District, agrees. But Penn says Vail took a different approach. In high schools, it's keeping AZ Merit. That was really a a series of conversations with our principals and with our leadership team. And it really came down to that there were a lot of unknowns still. And we wanted to see how that kind of sorted itself out before we put something into place that required a shift from all of our teachers and all of our students and all of our parents. And it just seemed that it was the best course of action to wait to make that shift when we knew how the pieces were going to come together. Penn says the Vail School District does have a one-to-one computer ratio, so the technology question isn't a challenge. But she says AZ Merit has a clearer alignment to state teaching standards than the ACT. Because Trujillo cited it, I asked Penn about student motivation. That's really the heart of the issue here. The AZ Merit and the menu of assessment, so the ability to choose something such as ACT, uh, they play they play different roles. Um, those two assessments play different roles, and you're absolutely on target. Having a meaningful assessment for our students is a pretty big deal. We want something. If we're going to take up a day of their instructional time, if we're going to take up several days of their instructional time, we want that to have meaning for them. And ACT really kind of fills that. It's something that that they value. They know how it integrates into their life and their aspirations. AZ Merit plays a different role. AZ Merit provides information to um, our district on how our systems are functioning. You know, how are we comparing to other schools and other districts across the state? And how do we respond instructionally to the data that we get? Penn says the district pulls principals and lead teachers together to go through AZ Merit results carefully. We look at the individual student performance. We look at grade level performance. We look at how well our students are growing and learning. And we look at is the instruction that is aligned to these specific standards, is that effective? Where are the places that we need to pay attention? Where are the places that we can really celebrate because that's going super well? Um, and, And we look at that to see what is our next steps, both in celebration and in adjustment. The question ultimately boils down to one thing. Is AZ Merit a good test? We're really looking for some sort of middle ground between the two. There is complete acknowledgement and agreement that the amount of testing that we ask of our high school students is excessive. We would like to have a nice test that provides consistency quality, that equality, but that doesn't take days to administer. That middle ground is really what we're hoping for in the future. That was Debbie Penn, Deputy Superintendent for Teaching and Learning for the Vail School District, and Gabriel Trujillo, the Superintendent of the Tucson Unified School District. Expect More Arizona is a statewide advocacy organization focused on bringing communities together to make positive change for education largely in the area of funding. 
I asked CEO Christine Thompson about the role of AZ Merit and other standardized tests in schools. Those statewide assessments are, are both used for, um, for, for parents and teachers to be able to look at individual students, but then they're also used for accountability systems. So our state uses the results of the AZ Merit test more broadly for teacher and, uh, and principal evaluations, for the state's school and district accountability systems. So uh, the, the use of the test is really, uh, is really multifaceted. So it can be used at the same time, the results can be used to give teachers and parents information about any single student, but then that dis that data can also be aggregated uh, to be able to give you a look at how uh, a teacher is doing in a classroom or a school is doing for their students or even a, how, a, how a district is performing. We're talking with Christine Thompson, the CEO of Expect More Arizona. When it comes to AZ Merit scores, are, are they a really good indicator uh, or are they just a snapshot of a single day? You might have a school that's got a bad grade, but the kids are actually doing okay. Is that possible? The statewide assessments are intended to be a snapshot in time of how students are doing toward the end of the year uh, with the learning that they have had for the entire year. So they're measuring the, the standards that are, um, that are required. So for example, a standard uh, in a grade might be learning how to count to a certain number or a specific math concept. Uh, the way a teacher uh, chooses to deliver that content, the curriculum or books that are used in order to deliver that to students are all decided uh, at a local level. Uh, but the test is really to just to determine you know, how much a student has learned up to that point in time. Certainly, a test is given on any, any one day. There are some kids who have, uh, who have bad days or some kids who have, uh, who have great days, but it really isn't about cramming. It's really about uh, focusing on assessing students' critical thinking skills, their problem-solving skills. So this isn't rote memorization that we're testing uh, in uh, in AZ Merit, we're really looking at skill building and uh, and seeing how much a student has learned at any um, at any one time. In looking at the Expect More Arizona website, I saw the Arizona Progress Meter. So, how's Arizona doing when it comes to education? You know, the Arizona Education Progress Meter is a first of its kind uh, a set of goals for the state. So uh, we've got measurements in eight key areas to show where Arizona is, uh, and we've set goals to, to uh, indicate where we want to go as a state in education. So it's got indicators from quality early learning in the pre-K space, uh, measurement of third grade reading proficiency, eighth grade math proficiency, high school graduation, the number of students who are, excuse me, the number of, of people, 16 to 24 year olds who are neither in school uh, nor in work, the opportunity youth number, post high school enrollment in a post-secondary institution, um, uh, attainment of uh, degrees and credentials, and then ultimately teacher pay. Um, each of these indicators is really uh, shows us the health of our full education system. We've got a long way to go to reach our goals uh, to really be uh, not only competitive as a state, but to be globally competitive. Uh, if we want Arizona uh, to be the, the best it can be, to have a wonderful workforce that's going to help draw business, but also allow our population to, um, to reach its full potential. We need to be doing better on each of these indicators. So since we've been measuring uh, from the progress meter, which we launched in 2016 and had data from, from the prior year, so we've now got about three and a half years of, of data. We've had an upward trajectory on all of these indicators. 
but not enough to meet our 2030 goals. What's changed in the last three or four years that's put us on an upward trajectory, maybe not to get to where you all are hoping we get to, but at least showing some improvement? just having the goals and having a a progress meter, having agreed upon data points that we all have uh, helps us uh, focus attention on on what needs to be done. So, uh, you know, having a great early learning experience, a quality early learning experience is is an indicator of of each of the following uh, indicators. Being able to read in third grade, uh, experts in that early education field will tell you, you learn to read up until third grade and then after after third grade, you're reading to learn. So there's been a statewide focus on on reading for the last uh, uh, over five years. Uh, eighth grade math is uh, incredibly important as a, a success indicator for high school and even post high school. So each of these um, are incredibly important. And I think having uh, the shared goals of the progress meter, these aren't just uh, expect more Arizona's uh, goals. These are really, these were developed by hundreds of uh, people around the state experts in their areas, and there's agreement uh, that um, not only the the data sources are the ones that we can update annually and we all agree on, but the goals uh, were agreed upon by the state. We've heard over the last few years, especially, a lot of criticism of the AZ merit test itself, and, and many districts are trying to move away from it. Are those criticisms of the actual AZ merit test, not standardized testing as a whole, fair looking at the at the whole uh, testing paradigm in any different school is going to be very different than just talking about um, talking about the statewide assessment I think that's what we have to remember when we think about uh, the criticisms about too much testing it might not only be about the testing around uh, the statewide assessment it might be um, you know how tests are being used um, th- throughout the school year and just this being yet another um, that's used how can we create systems that will, one, inform our, our teachers to, to help them understand how students are progressing. You need, you need those checks uh, to make sure students are moving where they should be, but how can we balance that um, with not over-testing students, with, with, um, with doing enough to give uh, the right amount of information, but not doing too much to overburden the system. That was Christine Thompson, CEO of Expect More Arizona. Find a link to the Arizona Education Progress Meter in the show notes on our website. And that's the buzz for this week. Find all of our episodes online at azpm.org and subscribe to our show wherever you get your podcasts. Just search for The Buzz Arizona. We're also on the NPR One app. Ariana Brocious produced and edited the show. Jim Blackwood is our production engineer and Andrea Kelly is the news director. Our music is by Enter the Haggis. I'm Christopher Conover. Thanks for listening. Arizona Public Media's original programming is made possible in part by the Community Service Grant from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting.